Hello everyone and welcome to the Ace Space podcast, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV. The Ace Space is out every Monday, these unscripted and sometimes the debate are out every Friday and we dig a little bit deeper following on from my discussion with a world star of volleyball. Wouldn't be much of a conversation if I was on my own, so I've brought my two favourite friends along, Key Michael, Matt Rogers. I'm glad that's made you laugh, Key. As a result, you can go first. How are you? Oh, I'm so honored to be your favorite friend. It's like MySpace, <laughs> you know, when you had like a top seven or whatever. Oh, please don't let that? everybody know how old we are. I mean, there are <laughs> people listening to this who don't even know what MySpace is. Uh, Matt, how are you, mate? Really good, actually. Yeah, really good. Spent all week on uh, AOL and Bebo. Uh, had a good time, actually. Did you have a MySpace? Uh, I did, but I, I was more into Bebo. Yeah, it was I had called a Bebo. Bebo, wasn't it? That's I... how I. I had a Bebo. I used to love putting my photos up on Bebo. But it, it was so weird because it was social media, but you couldn't really interact with people. You just put photos up and put statements yeah. up, but nobody could respond to them. Do you remember having a video call, but the only video you got was like a little thumbnail on MSN? Do you remember yeah. that? And you'd be like, is that you? Yeah, it is you. Yeah. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's talk. We are so old. <laughs> but we you guys are are so- I think there are just way too many channels from, for communication nowadays. I got a message on LinkedIn recently and I was like, I didn't even remember that I had a LinkedIn account. And I'm like, people are messaging you on Facebook. They've got Instagram. You, you know, some people have Snapchat. You've got in LinkedIn. It's just too, it's too many. And it's all just, a, it's all exactly the same people, just on seven different platforms. So anyway, I, I, was, um, I was on the internet, but not on Bebo and AOL. I was browsing YouTube mostly this last Were week. I was taking you? some time, yeah. And by browsing, he means trolling. No, <laughs> no. And I did. I think it was the first time in my life I've ever commented on a video, Dave. Can you believe that? Do you ever comment really? on videos? And can Me? you guess who's, whose video he commented on? We'll, I, get, to, we'll get to that. But, I uh, tend not to comment on YouTube videos because very often I figure... If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. And a lot of people tend to forget that courtesy when commenting on so YouTube true. videos. Especially on YouTube. But anyway, I didn't say anything that wasn't really bad or positive. It was just I was interested because there was this fabulous video and I just wondered how big her feet were. So I asked... All right, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> First of all, asked, anyone hearing that out of context, is this, does that just not sound creepy to you? Like I saw a video of a lovely girl and I wanted to know how big her feet were. <laughs> no, right? So let's come let's come to the reality. Any socks for sale. <laughs> <laughs> so the reality is, Key in one of her videos said that she was open to people to comment and send her messages unless they were after <laughs> dating advice or wanted to talk about feet. Matt, you have and no idea how so many times odd. I get comments about feet. I don't know what it is. There's some there is there's, there's a subculture of people that are really into feet and I just I'm not into it. I'm the, I'm on the opposite end. And when everyone, whenever anyone starts a conversation with, what size feet do you have? Just really, it just sends me up the wall. So, because so I, I thought the only thing you could ask about feet, like how big are they? I thought I'd test it, see if she responded, or see whether I got blocked as as the threat was. Um, but obviously, Key responded probably because she recognised the name. But how many other things do they ask you other than how big are your feet? She's got to block something. Oi, oh, oh, burn. <laughs> so tell me, what, what did they do? Just like, hey, great video. How big are your feet? 
No, is well, it's usually through DM. I'm, I'm. It's usually DMs about feet. DMs about feet or height or just. And I, I'm sure I, that other women or just personalities on the internet get this much more than I do about. Oh, you're beautiful. I want to date you. I want to be, and you know, and it's from someone you've never met from, you know, a complete stranger. And on the internet, I just don't think that that's the correct way to. I actually, oh, I got, I got a, a voice message from a stranger recently that said. Oh, wow. Are you looking for a tall... It, it wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> are you looking for a tall, dark, handsome husband? And I said... Um, Definitely wasn't from you, Mark. No, oh, no. Like, how is, that a, how is that for a proposal? He proposed. Just never met anyone. Just send him a straight voice message on Instagram. So, Dave, you're, you're a bit of a celebrity these days. Get <laughs> <laughs> any, any questions about feet? <laughs> no, but for what it's worth... I'm a size 12 in the UK, 13 in the US, 47 in Europe. If anyone wants to send me free shoes, then go for your life. Siki, this is where you're going wrong. You should just say your size and then... Now I'm yeah. thinking about it. That was one of the questions from Mystery Man. <laughs> you asked him about that. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness me, you're blowing your cover here, Matt. Matt, like, you have... Mystery Man, we need to talk about Mystery Man there. There's something you need to tell us about feet. We've had a few, haven't we? We've had a few clues. And Key, are you any the wiser as to who Mystery Man is? I'm just going to stop. I think you I both have a guess. Here. If you are tuning in and you are looking forward to hearing about Antoine Brizard as part of our unscripted series, it is happening. Okay, we are going to talk about Antoine <laughs> in no time. It just feels as though we've got a few things that we need to get off our collective chests first. Uh, but stick around because it's a great episode and. You will find out soon enough that he is probably my volleyball man crush these days. Anyway, mystery man, Matt, where were we? Well, I'm interested in Key. So we've had some more clues, and I'm I want to know if she's if she's there yet. If I mean, we've had closer. nine clues. Do you want what? a quick recap, Key, on what the clues yeah, are? Yeah, go on then. So we know the mystery man's a volleyballer. They've won the Champions League. They've won the European Championships. They've not won the World Championships, but they are size 14 feet key. That will really help. They are right, <laughs> right-handed. They're known for their spike, played for two clubs, and they were born in 1988. So that 88? Yeah, that puts them 32. 88? So, yeah, 1988. Why is that so outrageous? Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because I think I'm old. I don't know. Because so, I'm so, just so used to us having guests that are born in like older, 2000 right? or 1999. Yeah. Oh, 88. Gosh. 88. Um, we know a few things there, don't we, Dave? He's European, so he's definitely not Brazilian, for example. No, I'm no, no. Sure he's he's only, only an idiot would guess Brazilian. I'm not but. sure if that's going to make the edit, but yeah, he's right. not Brazilian. Key, I know we can't confirm or deny anything. but the Well, maybe one, we can today, Dave. Can the we? one clue I will give you beyond the clues is the fact that the two clubs thing is a real misnomer Ooh. what does misnomer mean <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you if you were making a list of things if sorry if i were making a list of things around uh, this player mm-hmm. two clubs would not be anywhere near that list Okay. But for volleyball, that is quite low, isn't it? So you've got to think of someone yeah. who, who hasn't moved much. Is it Erving Ngapeth? 
I can neither can confirm nor deny. deny. I don't think he's 32, though. That's, I think that's throwing me off. I think he's younger than that. You guys made me promise I wouldn't Google it, so that's why I'm not 100% sure on... What would you Google, though? Volleyballers with size 14 feet. <laughs> I don't, don't want to know what, what shows up if I Google that. <laughs> but Lovers okay. Anonymous. Nope. So yeah, Enkepad hasn't won the Champions League. Oh, so he hasn't? can't be okay. him. No. Mm. But Antoine Brizard, French setter, which always sounds like a breed of dog when you say it, doesn't it, <laughs> French setter, uh, played a massive, massive role in getting France to the Olympic Games. Sorry, everyone, Key is gone. I think she's <laughs> just retired from the podcast. She's, she's gone. Um, in France, they call it the passeur, don't they? Mm-hmm. Le passeur. passeur. Yeah, the French okay. passeur, which sounds not like a dog, but more like a pastry. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Which, by the way, if it were French, <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong yeah, with French pastries yes, or French setters. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, before this unscripted Matt Rogers, what were your thoughts on Antoine Brizard? And did they change after unscripted? So I first became truly aware of Antoine Brizard when I sat next to a guy called Jeremy, who is probably listening to this. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, um, for the European Championships, where he was working for the CEV um, as, a, as a writer, and he knew Antoine Brizard from some time he had spent with Paris, the club, uh, the mm-hmm. club in Paris. And he basically said, you know, Tonuti is brilliant, but with Brizard, we've got something different. Um, and he got really excited every time Brizard came on. Um, and, and they obviously know each other from the, from the volume. But it was very clear he, he was a big fan of his as a player. So I, I paid more attention to him, basically, because of that reason. And so when it came to Berlin, which is when I think Brizard became on a lot of other people's radars... I wasn't overly surprised by the impact he had because mm. he had it in his locker to serve aces and to block as well as being one of those setters that, that can do unbelievable things with the ball in the hand. So, yeah, I, I've kind of followed him since the European Championships, really. Um, yeah, no, I, I think um, obviously Tonyuti is the more well-known, but obviously up-and-coming talent. So it seems like he's got a really bright future. and. Uh... Cool. Well, we've got loads to talk about after this, so stick with us because uh, Antoine Brizard, fascinating character, and uh, maybe I'll talk about completely losing my head when he took control of the, the semi-final in that qualification tournament. So stick with us. Uh, myself, Matt, and Key will be discussing the Unscripted, but before that, we need to listen to it in full. Enjoy. This is Unscripted with Antoine Brizard. Antoine Brizard is the definition of a modern setter. Great hands, big blocks, rocket serves, a game changer. It's no exaggeration to say that without his heroics in Berlin, France would not be going to the Tokyo Olympics. But right now, he's back at home in France, so I call to check he's doing okay and how he's passing the time. Antoine, hello, can you hear me? Hello, yeah. Ah, fantastic news. Uh, So... I'm at home and I'm bored like everyone in the world right now. So I'm reaching out and calling cool people and I'm aiming to spend, spread a little bit of love and positivity, but mainly I'm calling to see how you're doing. So where in the world are you and how are you getting on? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I'm in France now, close to Bordeaux, uh, to my place. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Like, I'm actually very lucky. <laughs> Are you, are you at home alone or have you got somebody no, with you? No, I got my girlfriend with me. 
yeah, and you, no, and you guys are getting on okay, right? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Um, it's really, really sunny now, uh, really warm as well. So yeah, we have a garden, everything's fine. So yeah, we are pretty lucky. I'm more in holidays than, than stuck at home. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Actually, you yeah. mentioned the sun and the good weather. I'm looking at your nose. Have you... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad thing because people who, who knows me like know that I'm pretty white. <laughs> oh, me too, mate. Come yeah, I on. can see that. <laughs> <laughs> so the sun is killing me now, but yeah, it's better like that. See, we need to, uh, we need to add that to the list. Stay home, stay safe, wash your hands, wear sunscreen <laughs> yeah it's a good time to say that yeah <laughs> so your day-to-day -day sounds like it's it's pretty cool at the moment and life's treating you well yeah um I get, it's pretty hard to say that now um i'm obviously thinking about people who are struggling much more than me mm -hmm. um i of course i would prefer to be still in poland and and play the big games now but yeah, nobody, nobody expected that. So I'm, I'm, I'm lucky, um, but the situation is, is really bad. What's Poland like then? Because, you know, we can, I'm spending a lot of time at the moment focusing on positives and thinking about really great memories. And you must be making some there because there are a few countries in the world where volleyball is a really special sport and Poland is one of those countries. So what's it like sort of living there and playing there and, and having the fans and, and all of that side of things? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a special country for volleyball, of course. Uh, and I think I was also there in a good moment because I spent two years, like one year and a half, after their second world champions title. So it was something special after that. Uh, even more, I played with Kurek. So like I played with, with the national team players, but yeah. when he came last year, it was something very special. Um, I mean, about the crowd and the fans and stuff, it started to be crazy. Uh, we had a really, really good fans, but after that, they started to be crazy with the, even with the, the teams of the, like, pretty low on the ranking and the gym was so full and yeah it was it was very nice but even without without him it was great atmospheres almost everywhere and what are the supporters like with you what do you mean uh, the fans like uh, do they do they make you feel welcome when you play well uh, do they tell you when you play badly do they tell you um not so much when i play bad actually i don't understand polish so okay. maybe <laughs> Um, but I, I didn't know it so no for me it was great like people were so nice with me in, in Warsaw uh, I was also pretty sad to to leave to leave the city like like I did because because of the of the situation now I wanted something not special but like to know that I will play my last game there um, so yeah no the fans were were great with me and I think they they appreciate me and I did also so yeah, it was nice. Yeah, pretty amazing play. I, I find that wherever you go with Poland, you mentioned you don't understand Polish, and I don't either, but every time I meet uh, a Polish person or, or go to Poland for, for volleyball, you're just like, oh, dzień dobry, and they're like, hey, dzień dobry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing people. So uh, time is such a weird thing at the moment, and the start of this year 
was obviously huge for you on uh, on a personal level with everything that happened in Berlin. I'm going to show you a couple of videos now, and I want you to to let me know like what kind of memories these stir up and how they make you feel. I'm going to press play and just tell me how this makes you feel. What what do you remember from these moments? Yeah, it was something very special. Like I was on a another planet on this moment. <laughs> yeah. I still have good them seeing that, uh, but it it would be better with the with your talks, huh? Oh but no, <laughs> this isn't about me. <laughs> this one was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, I, I'm. I don't remember even once that I made three aces in a row on my career, and it came on this moment. So, no, really, it's it's something amazing. It's it's very amazing. Like I can't. I don't know. I don't have words to say that. And it was like with with the teammates and stuff like it was an amazing amazing atmosphere um and yeah like i i all of them are are really good friends but i was with uh with uh Luati on the court and yeah. he's like my brother i started to play with him in toulouse and yeah we are so so close so to to do that with him it was something even more more special and look, I don't want to put, put words into your mouth because I know as a general rule, as athletes, you're, you're very modest and you realise that even individual achievements are all part of the team and the greater good. But I don't think it would be too much of an exaggeration to say that when you came on the court, that you changed the game. And perhaps without your contribution, then maybe France wouldn't be going to Tokyo in 2021. What do you make of that? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's so hard to say that. Uh, for me, it's not like that. Um, I did my job, and I was on on the good day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I think also that it it comes obviously from the team. But I mean, not that it's the team job and stuff. Like it is actually. It's not necessary to tell it. Mm -hmm. But I mean that everybody trusted me. And I felt that, and it's it's impossible for the 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 crowd to see it because it's all about practices and stuff. But it started in in 2018, I think, in the World Championships against Brazil. Like I came in, and I think that the the look of the team on me were started to be different. And but you know, I was confident, and as I said, the team trusted me. Mm -hmm. But it's also about Tonyoti that we we helped each other, I think. And yeah, it gave me confidence. It was like we are close also. Um, so he helped me, but way before this game. So it was a surprise for me to play such such okay. a level. But um, it's it's not like random. I mean, it was a good day. Obviously, it's not normal day. <laughs> um, but it's it's not like teamwork on the normal like on the common way i mean it's teamwork started way earlier than that so what about this moment then what are your memories of this that's amazing also yeah <laughs> no it's pretty funny because i like I, we can't say that we controlled pretty much this game 
yeah that's <laughs> that's great memories oh <laughs> yeah still goes <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, we were countering the game. It was, yeah, we played really well this game. And we knew that Germany were really under pressure. So, like, it was, it was tight on the third set, but we knew that they were so close to be eliminated. So they were in big pressure. So I tell to, I told to, to Elvin that, just put the ball on the court and we will we will do it with the block defense <laughs> and he answered uh, hey, f off i just go full power <laughs> well, okay <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah that's pretty funny but he actually didn't go full power he just had a good serve with control but <laughs> yeah it was funny Oh, and that release at the end, though, I mean, he sank to his knees, but the whole team crowded around him, the bench was off, and not everyone in their careers gets to experience those special moments, do they? Because you know they're coming, you win the first set, you win the second set, you know you've got match point, but it just seems like when you achieve it, it's just that release of energy, and you all share it, and those are, those are special moments, aren't they? Yeah, uh, that's that's very true, very true. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing because during all the the tournaments, like it was very, we were very close. Like all the bench players were so close to the court. We started even with the when the starting starting six came on the court. Like all the bench were uh, bench players were close to the court. Um, so it was. Yeah, it was something special after every point during the semi, semi and, and, the, and the final. Um, it was the same, like, I remember the, the match point uh, in semi-final. Mm -hmm. all, all the bench just started to be on the, almost on the court and the point was, was not finished. <laughs> and yeah, that, that, that was a good, good moment as well. But yeah, it, it, was, it was something special and everything went very bad before, like, mm -hmm all yeah. the months before and everything was so going so well during this tournament and during this week before so, and yeah. now fingers crossed you stay fit you stay healthy and you'll go into the olympics in tokyo yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I was saying that on in january or february and and we won't go 2020 so yeah the, the road is, is still still long but yeah i hope so uh, if it was easy though it would be boring right yeah true <laughs> <laughs> uh, but going back a couple of minutes you mentioned tonyuti there and you mentioned that you two have got a good relationship and i'm really glad you said that because obviously he's the captain of the team and he's been around for quite a long time and you sometimes wonder whether somebody like you who's a little bit younger and can have such a huge impact on the game that there might be a little bit of, of friction between you two but but you two get on well and you both understand your roles in the team yeah sure um if yeah i came i came he was like he's still but he was one of the best player best setter in the world mm -hmm. he's still so yeah but and I came as very young. I was just in French league, and uh, I didn't achieve anything, uh, more or less. Like I played good in French league, but that, that's it. And we started to 
to speak, like to talk quite often, and and it was it was nice. And then when I signed in Poland, uh, I asked him some advices and stuff like. And yeah, during during my first season in Poland, I when I played, I don't know, one or two bad games, he sent me some messages like, yeah, no, Reed, it's gonna be okay. Like, don't, yeah, it, it's normal and stuff. And on my second season, we we fought for the for the the gold medal. So yeah, it started like that, step by step. I came closer and closer to him, but. He, I think he wanted that also, like for the team and stuff. So he always says that we need everybody to to achieve something. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's a good example, and I'm I'm glad that we are qualified. And yeah, that's it. Like I would be, I would be so glad if we would qualify with him on the court. Is the same. You said there though that you see him as one of the best setters in the world. Does that mean you see yourself as one of the best setters in the world? <laughs> That's a bad question. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I was one of the best setters in one of the best uh, league in the world, so I'm not so far to be. Um, but the difference between the best of the best and like, the second level, I mean... Yeah. Uh, it's it's huge. So like I mean about I, I talk about De Checo, Bruno, Christensen, Janelli. They played. They always play to win. Mm -hmm. They are always on the teams to win, and that's that's a big difference. So yeah. Well, while we're talking about the best, uh, I want to play a quick game with you, and it is called Simply the Best. I'm gonna ask you a question, and I just want you to answer me with the like the first thing that comes into your head, okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I've, just, <laughs> I've just looked at the question that's number one, and after the conversation we've had, there's no way I can open with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apart from volleyball, what is the best sport? Uh, well, basketball. Who's the best French sports person of all time? Karabatic. Legend. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, best moment of your career? Berlin, for sure. The best song to listen to before a game? Uh, Get Down Saturday Night. <laughs> uh, the best atmosphere you've ever experienced? Um, well, in Berlin, finally, it was something. The best food to eat after a game? Indian, I like it. <laughs> the best place in the world that volleyball's taken you? Um, Poland. <laughs> Who's the best setter in the world? Oh. Um, Bicicco. And uh, what's the best thing about being a professional athlete? Um, to to live like uh, experience that I lived in in Berlin, for example, all all the season long. When yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. Well played. That's the game. Um, <laughs> so you say best best French sportsman of all time, Kalabatic. Just, just what was your supposedly first question the the first question was who's the best setter in ah, the world okay, okay. and i thought we can't just have that okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So who were your sort of sporting heroes growing up, volleyball or, or otherwise? Um, it's, yeah, it's weird because I don't have one okay. player in volleyball. Uh, but for me, Federer is like the goat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I like him so much. And do you, uh, do you play any sports or did you play any sports before volleyball took uh, over? Yeah, I played tennis a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, I started really early to play volleyball and I just play beach volleyball when I don't play volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the Olympics are on the horizon. You've you played in Poland. You've started to taste that sort of Champions League success. You, you won the CEV Cup. With, was it with Paris? It, yeah, I did. Well? I did with, with Paris, but I was second setter. Uh, yeah, but it, it tastes really well. So. Um, what, what ambitions have you got in the sport? Is there any sort of one goal where you think, if I achieve that, then I can retire a happy man? Yeah, uh, but it's, it's so hard. But yeah, it's like a dream to win the Olympics for sure. Like for everyone, it's the same, I think. I think you got a chance. Hey, we are on the tournament, so we have a chance. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the future then. What are you really looking forward to doing? As soon as this quarantine is over and we are allowed to get back to normal life, what are you really looking forward to? Um, yeah, I can't wait to see just my family. Uh, they were supposed to come in Poland in yeah, at the end of, of March, I think. So they obviously cancelled. So... Now I'm in France, I'm two hours far from them and I can't see them. So that's pretty tough. But uh, yeah, my family, to see my family and my friends in, I got like really good group of friends in Paris. And I, yeah, I miss them as well. So yeah. Paris is such an amazing city. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. (laughs) There are are some places in this world that just feel special every time you go there. And Paris is definitely one of those. Um, is there is there anywhere in the world where you haven't experienced volleyball yet that you really want to? Um, I've never been in Canada to play. Okay. And uh, in Australia either. Like I've been, but not to play. Mm-hmm. And I've been in Argentina, uh, but to play with the youth national team. Okay. And at under 21, no, 19. And it was great. So I can imagine that for the A team, it's, it's something special as well. So yeah, maybe in Argentina. It's nice to know that even though you've, you've kind of achieved so much and you're at the top level, there's still so much more to, so much more world to see, so many more players to, to play with and play against. It's, uh, yeah, the future's, the future's pretty bright. Uh, who's I the... Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, are there any teams that you that you really sort of don't look forward to playing, either because they're hard to play against or it just feels a little bit different? I mean, we, we, we always talk about all the good things. What about the not-so-good things? I, I didn't understand the question. I'm sorry. Are there any teams where that you don't look forward to playing? Um, or any players that you don't look forward to playing against? Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I played against Leon this season. Okay. Um, it's not a great memory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I played three times actually. I didn't play even once before that. And I played twice with national team 
in qualification, mm -hmm. the first qualification tournament mm -hmm. in Gdansk. Uh, he didn't play a great game, I think, like normal game, but they just kill us as, as a team. So. <laughs> yeah. And then I, yeah, like uh, we played against Perugia at home in Warsaw and he was so motivated, I think. <laughs> so he just killed us. Yeah. yeah, he's very good, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's very impressive. Good. Yeah, he's he's alone, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is players like that, but he's even higher. So, do you do you think he's do you think he's the best in the world? Yeah, I think so. That is uh, firm firm praise indeed. <laughs> uh, right then, I am going to leave you go now. Thank you so much for your time. It You're has welcome. been so good to speak to you, and I'm. Yeah. Most importantly, I'm glad you're doing well and I'm glad you're safe. And hopefully, when this is all over, we'll get to catch up in person at a volleyball yeah, gym would somewhere. Be nice. Thank you very much. It was really funny. Yeah, good. Look after yourself, mate. We'll speak soon, yeah? You too. Yeah, sure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Key Michael, you have had, what was that, half an hour to get to know Antoine? What were your thoughts? I thought he seemed pretty cool, pretty laid back, pretty relaxed. I, I mean, he started off right off the bat with... Yeah. He doesn't feel like he's stuck at home. He's just on holiday. I mean, then that's kind of what—that's kind of the way I feel right now as well. Yeah. You, to be fair, you're in a similar part of the world. Yeah. You're in the south of France. You're just just loving life. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Exactly. Uh, Matt, thoughts? I'm just glad he delivered for you, Dave. <laughs> because we've done so many of these for the fans, haven't yeah. we? we? We've really gone at it. And Antoine Brazard is going to be amazing for the fans. Yeah. But for you, he was a level above because obviously Dave and I have been chatting names and stuff like that. And, and sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll come up with a name together. We'll agree. Sometimes I'll just throw him a name and be like one o'clock Tuesday talk. <laughs> and for this one, I just let slip the name and the reaction was massive. And, and, and it was all because of Berlin, wasn't it, Dave? It was just having seen what he did <sighs> to get the chance to talk about it, I think, is what excited you. Yeah. France were down and out, not just in that match but in that tournament they got through the group well the olympics yeah. the, the, the olympic dream was out they got through they got through that group having won one game and lost two and i know i know they went into the final game knowing that they only had to take a set and whatever but i i watched those games and they did not look like the team that we know france would be and i know that is so stereotypical of any french team in any international sport there's that whole cliche of you know which france is going to turn up then in the semi-final, they are, they're toast. And you think, he's bringing off Tonyuti. How can you bring off Tonyuti? And then Brizard comes in and just makes an impact straight away. He's making massive blocks. He's serving aces. He's serving consecutive aces. All of a sudden, he lights that spark and they looked unstoppable. And I loved his body language as well. Um, if you go back and, and watch the unscripted his um his and, and in fact you can watch the whole game if you if you're a volleyball fan and you've not seen it watch it but just his visceral reactions to to serving those aces i just loved everything about him and that was just backed up by having a, a conversation with him as well he's just a just a cool guy great player big fan and yeah i'm i'm glad he delivered too <laughs> Matt. because as as comebacks go that is one of the best i've ever seen yeah, that, that France comeback. In volleyball terms, a comeback is from two 0 down to win three two, but a comeback is a momentum swing. Mm -hmm. You know, you you can come back and win three two, but it'd be close the whole way. This was like from one extreme to the other. Oh, was, they were they yeah. were getting 
if it was a boxing match, I think the referee would have stepped in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was close, and and it wasn't that they'd resigned. They'd certainly resigned to losing the second set. That that yeah. and they, they wouldn't ever admit that. I don't think. But the appearance, the feeling that came across was they were like, right, this set's gone. Let's start thinking about number three. And like, you, have you been there, Key? Have you, have you ever done that in a set? It's like, well, this is gone. Let's kind of conserve and, and refocus for the next one. Is, does that happen? Yeah. Well, I think it is exactly. You hit the nail on the head. It's all about momentum. So sometimes. I don't think you should ever give up on any set because if you get a little bit of momentum at the end of the second going into the third, that could be what pushes you to then get win the next one. So you should never give up on, an, oh, well, this set's gone. I'm, forget about it. We'll just think about the next. No, you got to think about every single point as it comes because volleyball is totally about momentum shift. One of the things I was really keen to find out, and I, I thought he addressed it, in fact, he addressed it bef- before I did, was his relationship with... Benjamin Tonyuti, because you know Tonyuti is held in the the highest of regard as as a world class setter, and for key moments like a semi final, and I remember Matt, you and I were in Berlin, and after Antoine played so well in the semi final, I immediately thought, well, well, how can he not start in the final? And he did start in the final, and he had a great game, and and now France are going to the Olympics, and. But I wondered whether that would affect the relationship with Tonyuti because he's the the captain of the French team. He's been he's been the linchpin for so long. And would a would a decision like that by the by the coaching staff affect him? Because you know, I, I mean, these these players are professionals, and I'm sure if you said to him, "Would you rather go to the Olympics having been benched in the final or play in the final and, and not go to the Olympics?" Then it, there'd only be one answer. But I was really pleased when he told me that they've got a great relationship and Benjamin sort of brought him through, not just in the national team, but when he wasn't doing too well in the Polish league as well. And I think that's refreshing to know that, that Tony Uti's a good guy and they and they both know their roles in the team. Yeah, yeah. And it will be interesting in Tokyo because they offer something a little bit different as well, don't you? Don't they? Mm-hmm. You've got the kind of power and youth and enthusiasm with Brizard, but you've got the experience and, and consistency and you know I was talking with uh Ginelli on the podcast, Dave, um, when we did that one around if you get nervous It's a little name drop. Yeah. Yeah, when you get nervous <laughs> as a setter, that you don't want tense fingers, do you? That is the worst thing. So you know, first Olympics for Brizard, maybe he would get a little bit nervous. So having Ton Uti though, it will probably help him massively. What an option though. Um have you ever found that key? Because you know, you've uh, You've been a you've been a middle blocker for for a lot of teams at a lot of levels in Europe, and and as a result, you've perhaps spent more time on court with some teams than others. Has there ever been friction between, well, maybe you and other middle blockers or or other people in in different positions within the squad on the court? Always, I I can't get along with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's it's an interesting, there's always a different dynamic between every player in, individually between the other, you know, one player and another. And especially with setters, I wonder, because obviously not being a setter myself, there's only those two. It's either you're in or I'm in. Yeah. Whereas other positions, there's a few that can rotate, you know, some cards can be played. But um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult position to be either one, being the starting with a target on your butt or to be on the bench. But um, I think that yeah, the sign of a good teammate and a good team culture is that the 
each other they, they, they both sort of support each other and both has the best interests of the team first and foremost and it sounds like they've got that so that's really good to hear key if you were to look back at your time in volleyball do you think yes. that a greater percentage of your friends are middle blockers because you're potentially a little bit more similar to them or do you think a greater percentage are not middle blockers because you've been competing against the middle blockers so you've deliberately kept that as more of a professional relationship oh that's an interesting question because i i don't see my friends in based on their position i think you you have a connection with somebody and yeah you maybe we train more we spend more time with the middles you know because we'll do a lot more technical trainings together but when i look at a friend like for example one of my closest friends this year on the team Lindsay dowd she's a setter but when i look at her i don't think yeah, but if I was I a middle, Dave, friend. I have the setter as my closest <laughs> yeah, friend, wouldn't yeah, you? Definitely. Oh, oh, oh it mid- sounds like that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I would want them to think I'm their best friend. <laughs> <laughs> she was the one bringing me cookies, to be fair. <laughs> so, so you felt guilty for not setting you the ball. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So if we take a team as like middles would be roughly a third of the team, would you say that roughly a third of your friends are middles? Would you, would you say it's just complete random? There's no... No, I'd say it's completely random. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I always got on more with middles, and I don't know why that really? is. Really? Yeah. It's because the ears thinner up there. <laughs> <laughs> They're a heightest and a footist. It's because we could talk in a pub with everyone else just walking by. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can see them. Yeah, you can see them across the room. Like that's my friend. I don't know where anyone else is, but I'm going to go hang out with him. <laughs> um, just to switch it back to Berlin one more time. So he got three aces in a row at the perfect oh. at the perfect moment. The absolute mm. perfect moment. And I can remember on the third, I was um, I was watching it, and I said he'll do another one, and and it was just that feeling that he's on a roll, just, mm. just you know he's going to swing again, he's probably going to go harder, um, he's going to take the Encapeth approach. We'll come <laughs> on to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder, Key, if you've ever had a match where I don't know you've made that kind of instant impact. Yeah, well, I can remember specifically one match. It's obviously not at the high level that that we're speaking of with Brizard here. Don't play it down, Olympics, please. Yeah, don't play it down. All right, Where sorry. Yeah, it? it was the best. It was the biggest match of all time. Um, no, we. So it was my first year in Italy, okay, and we so were in the, the top playoffs league in the world. Oh, the playoffs yeah. in the top <laughs> league in the world. Yeah. And um, I hadn't been playing very much in the last few weeks, but we were going into playoffs, and we were playing a, a big team. And I guess we hadn't been doing well. And I got I got subbed in, and immediately off the bench made four blocks in a row and I tell you I, I'm not exaggerating this because they you know people like kill blocks. me afterwards yeah kill blocks straight sure. down and, and I had not been you know and I wasn't I, I'm not talking myself down but you know I'm not you know the best player in the Italian league by any means and I think I think I think that was the moment that they decided they were going to keep me for the next season because of whether no or not I had been performing all year. It really comes down to the playoffs. And, and that was a moment. And people were coming up to me afterwards. I've never seen that before. You know, four in a row, literally point, 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 point. And what was and the score was in the, the set? Like, <laughs> wow. Were we talking like in the 20s or? What, where, what was the what score, was was the the score in the set? Yeah. Oh, you're asking me to remember the Rough, score roughly, in the set? Roughly. Was it like in the teens? years or? ago. <laughs> that. But was it close to yeah. the end? You must have, you'd have been subbed on probably in 17, it, 18, something? Yeah, it must have been in... Yeah, I, I think it was... I, I'm not even going to guess because okay. I, I don't. I really don't remember. I, that's literally all I remember was making those four, being subbed on, okay, making the four question. blocks. And then we went on to win the match. When people that, have, people that have watched you play will know that you love a celebration where you throw the arms in the air. After <laughs> these four blocks, was there a lot of armpit? 
There was a lot of hype there. Oh, uh, to give the to give the listeners a little bit of backstory there, when Matt asked me to send him a photo for the website of the A Space, I sent him one of it, it must have been from years ago, but I was celebrating and I had my arms in the air and I said, Does this work, Matt, or is it too much armpit? I, I've never judged a photo in that way before, Dave, but now no. I always do. Well, How much armpit is there? Because um, they were sleeveless jerseys, you know, so it was just it was all armpit. When I was talking to um Sammy Brizio stick around podcast fans we'll be talking about her unscripted soon enough uh we talked about the long sleeve jerseys that she wore at usc i am a huge fan of those yeah. long sleeves i think we should we should bring those back there was actually tina gradina from the beach also talked about the fact that they wear jerseys more than bikinis when they play the beach um really in the, yeah interestingly um northumbria university in the north of england for those of you who aren't uh, au fait with English geography they did a, a sort of tribute jersey a couple of years ago where they did the USC style long sleeve mm-hmm. anyway moving moving on with regards to those three aces and and your four blocks th- you do something like that and it doesn't go unnoticed and now mm-hmm. people know that he is capable of that capable of those game-changing moments and it could be like uh, like in football everybody knows that Roberto Carlos could hit the free kicks the way he did or everybody knows that Tiger Woods is able to sink a 20-foot putt when it's a clutch moment or Michael Jordan can make that jump shot from the free throw line. Shane Warne with his spin as well. Yeah, exactly. And you can create those game-changing moments of brilliance when the pressure's on. And going into something like an Olympics or any any tournament that, that France play in because there's a... There's an expectation, whether it's the Olympics or the Euros or the VNL or whatever. If if he's on the court, his teammates are going to believe in him. His coaches are going to believe in him. The fans are going to be on his side, and the opponents are going to think, "Oh goodness me, is this going to be another hat trick here?" And that, in a game where momentum is as important as as it is in volleyball, that's massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, momentum and belief. So cool, also, because he just said you so casually. Oh, I just, I just did my job. I just, I just had a good day. He just took it so lightly, as if it was just. You if know, that's a good day, what's showed a great up at the day? office? Oh, and... That's what you should have asked him, Dave. What does he, what does he want? Five aces. Everyone's a say? critic, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of aces, of course, it was a it was a real magical moment that got France to the Olympics in the end. Who else? Irvin Engerpet serving an ace, dropping to his knees, getting flooded um and, and you know he'll he'll take the glory for that but i think antoine's contribution goes beyond anything that anybody else did but you know that's that's only my opinion but i'm sticking with it um i loved his description of the story oh about what he said yeah that was brilliant <laughs> yeah because you can imagine the scenario can't you brizard is kind of like in control it's, it's his match to a certain extent yeah he wants to he wants to guarantee was he even front court maybe he was thinking oh maybe i can get the block i can't remember yeah. if he was front court yeah um and he, he gets that as a response yeah brilliant <laughs> okay what's what's the what's the best one-liner you've said on a volleyball court have you ever done anything like that with pure confidence or oh jeez. i love when you make me try and rack my memory and, and <laughs> sorry think of a Think of something interesting to, to add to it. Um, I, look, I think Irving and Gaffeth pretty much just nailed nailed it on the head there. That's really all there is to say when someone says, "Oh, just get it in the court." F off. I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going full power. <laughs> like, 
Could oh, you yeah, imagine yeah. though, in that moment, like qualification point to get to the Olympics, just the second time in the history of French volleyball that they're going to back to back Olympic Games. Could you imagine if Irvin Engerpet had done a float serve? Yeah, or just like an <laughs> underhand, just granny it over the net. Yeah. Or a sky ball. There's another there's another unscripted oh, God, that's worth yeah. watching. Exactly. Um yeah. no, it's absolutely fun. I've I've been lucky enough to call a couple of massive games that have been won with ace serves. One was that uh, France qualification and the other was the Zenit Kazan Champions League where they wore the gold jerseys and it was Leon's final contribution after his amazing achievements with, with Zenit Kazan. And it's sometimes with, with players of that star quality, you almost know before they've served the ball. It was set up, wasn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. It, there's one of those t- timing again time it was the right time and he was on serve yeah yeah i wonder what the odds that... were of an ace at that point there must have been yeah must have are you a betting man no no but i was interested in how people perceive chance uh-huh. which yeah. is an odd isn't it so i i always think yeah i wonder if they switched the odds and said right it's we'll give a, a lower odd because mm. he's more likely yeah He'd had a lovely. I know we're we're getting away from Brizard here, but he'd had a lovely battle with um, Groza that day as well, and they'd gone back and forth at each other, and the crowd had really, really got on um, on Engerpet's back as well. They were booing and hissing, and yeah, he loves that stuff, though, oh, doesn't was, he? I feel like he perfect. feeds off it. Yeah. I, I love it in volleyball, though. The fact that there's no like, please be quiet while they serve, like in tennis. Or in yeah. rugby, where there's respect the kicker, don't make any noise, you know, don't let them think about anything else. Just say what you like. I mean, yeah. Every podcast, I always find a way of linking it back to London 2012, right? But I just remember <laughs> the Polish supporters, like it, every time the opponents serve, it is poisonous. Uh, and I remember the horror on the faces of all the prim and proper British sports fans who'd gone to volleyball on the off chance when there was whistling and booing and flags waving. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I, think, I think it's amazing. Let me tell you my culture. take on that, Dave. So we, so I worked for the organising committee. We spent days in workshops and and documents, everything, all around Rule Fifty One. Now Rule Fifty, I believe, mm-hmm. where effectively you can't have anything cover the Olympic brand um, or the organising, the host organising brand, the London stuff. Mm-hmm. So there we were. I did all this briefing around Rule Fifty One. And um, I had this radio message that said, come forward, we've, we've got a, an issue with Rule 51, just want to get your, your view on it. And I went forward, and the whole hall was covered oh. in Polish flags. And and I was just like, well, where do we start? We, we've got to make an effort. And this was like day one that Poland played, so obviously the bar that you set then is continued for the whole tournament. So we ended up, instead of it being any branding, it was any branding with the rings or the London 2012 logo, and we had to go and ask them to move it or take it down. So how yeah. how did that go? Was it covering um, up the logo, or were they just not allowed to hold the flags at all? They just went out to cover up the logo. It is to do. This is not for the edit. So uh, it's, it's to do with identification of where it is, so that any footage mm. is very clear. It's the Olympics and it's London. Right, 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 right. Well, interestingly, talking about the the sort of flags, it was the it was very similar in Appledorn in the women's qualification tournament and the Turkish flags. They were just yeah f- phenomenal support. Absolutely incredible support credit to the sport really uh we've talked about players with that star quality and that reputation and uh Antoine actually name checked Wilfredo Leon as somebody who uh, <laughs> uh what did he say was it, it it was not a good memory yeah against... <laughs> something like that. 
<laughs> and yeah, he's just another of those players with that with that aura. Um, the expectation is incredible around him, and he always delivers. But no matter what level you play at, everybody's got players like that. Have you have you had any over the years, Key, who you thought, oh goodness me, we're facing them today? Well, I think the closest I've come to that sort of feeling was when we came up against Hack in right. in France in her first season there. And she was literally just hitting over everybody. You mean Hack the teenager at the time? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the teenager. How old were you at the time? <laughs> oh, just, too Ten old. Ten years older, maybe? And what yeah, size feet exactly. were you? Could have been my mother. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah uh, so that was not a good memory for me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's incredible, though, isn't it? Even even somebody as, as obviously talented as Antoine might be like, oh, Leon today, great. Mm. <laughs> Can't wait for him to swing. Um, interesting, though, on the podcast, obviously, Ginelli talked about Leon. Mm. Um, and also, Brizard talked about Ginelli. So there's there's clearly this kind of circle of pros at the top there where they do respect each other greatly mm. and, and do oh, you, follow. You and, have to, don't you? And, yeah. and that is a lovely thing about this sport is there is a there is a huge amount of mutual respect amongst the, amongst the top Especially players. amongst setters, I find. Setters really do see it as a, as a craft, and, and they really respect the others who who kind of, yeah, display it with some kind of originality and and take it take it to a different extreme. I suppose by virtue of the fact that it is a well a a, a, obje- a subjective discussion a discussion as to who starts in the Olympics between him and Benjamin Tonuti, then that's evidence that he is among the best setters in the world right yeah any any setter going to an olympic games and, and barring injury he, he will go mm. is one of the best setters in the world i mean yeah it, it, for me it's always everyone always talks about world class and i don't really don't really go for that phrase personally for me if you're competing on a world stage you're world class but then clearly there are players that that go one step beyond world class and that, i don't know what you'd call it planet class or something like that <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got some other yeah. news we could we can divulge, discuss. Go on then. Oh, go on. Treat me real nice. Oh, you're going to love this, Dave. <laughs> you're going to love this. Am I? Yeah. So after we finish our Past the Time lockdown podcasting, we're going to yes. convert, aren't we? We're going to convert to more of a podcast that talks around what's happening in the world of volleyball, as well as meeting these guests. And as part of that, we're going to have a co-host for episodes. Oh. And Antoine Brizard has confirmed he will be one of our first co-hosts. Oh, Antoine, my boy. I can't believe he didn't tell me and I've had to find out through you. So Dave and Antoine will be reunited (laughs) to discuss the upcoming Champions League season and early matches, I believe, because we're hoping to get him on in October time. October, November. Just just you saying that, I I am so excited for the new Champions League season. I just... Not not being able to conclude it this year and, and really looking forward to... Going back to Berlin and being back in the Max Schmelinghalle, which of course was the scene of the of that amazing tournament that ended with with France winning, that was of all the many many things that uh, let the air out of my balloon in the last few months. That was uh, that really was one of them. So to to have that to look forward to is is amazing. I can't wait for it, and I can't wait for Antoine to to join us to talk about it too. Yeah, Dave, would you say that unscripted is the best thing that's ever happened to you? Ah, oh, I I 
absolutely adore it and it's impossible to have these conversations without sounding like I'm being a real big time Charlie right, you know okay. because when I when I talk about these things it's like oh listen to this guy making a list of all the cool things he's done but <laughs> from from a what from what essentially was a was a semi setup meeting in a pub I've got to go to two Olympics. I've got a third on the horizon. I've chatted, I've, I've mm. commentated or, or or talked about or announced at fifty sports and been to thirty countries to do it. It's it's. So what you're saying is Matt Rogers is the best thing that's ever yeah, happened. To yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> timing, as I say, is always timing. <laughs> this you you say about the the best the. Uh, about it being the best thing that ever happened to me it has certainly felt like a real privilege over the last few months and has done absolute wonders for me during what could have been an incredibly difficult time so yeah it's been it's been incredible and i say it's been incredible this sounds like an obituary don't worry everybody unscripted is still happening Ooh, still... maybe with a live one as well oh stop da, 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 da. Oh. dangling carrots yeah. dangling carrots um, yeah, and unscripted is amazing, Keith. It's it's really yeah. really cool. And also, and I say this at the end of every episode. I don't know if people listen to the end, but I love to hear from um, people who have enjoyed them or people who haven't enjoyed them. Uh, just get in touch. I love making volleyball friends, and whether it's through the podcast or whether it's through um, unscripted or a, a commentary that you listen to, just drop either me a message or CEV a message on on any of the platforms i love to hear from you and we love to hear from you so i like hearing from people too you can always write me too yeah just not on linkedin and don't ask her a shoe size or anything about feet <laughs> it's not just shoe yeah. size it's feet there in are general. rules here you gotta follow the rules if it's about volleyball we can be friends <laughs> I, I can't wait for matches to start because this whole period for me has felt like i the game has retired that's kind of how i feel yeah i, I feel like we're always looking back do you know what I mean? And that is mu yeah. that's what it must feel like to retire. And Key, maybe you've got this coming in a few years because we know you're going to play <laughs> next year. But yeah, I just can't wait for something where we talk about you know looking forward. That's why I love the Olympic bit when we talk about Tokyo because it is it's going to happen at some point. Mm. I'm confident of that. So and and also for a relief for somebody like Anton who knew that he had a club for next year. What about all those players that? that haven't the the sort of fleeting nature of, of volleyball contracts yeah. i'm sure there'll still be a lot of players out there thinking crikey what's going to happen next season yeah maybe one is on this podcast right now and it's not me me either is it me i tell you what when you it's... when you do decide if we don't get the scoop exclusive i will be furious oh. no she'll give it to that other podcast dave yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right, let's, yeah, let's no, wrap I'd, this up. You know, yeah. Final thoughts on Antoine Brizard. Matt Rogers. What a guy. Love him. Player and a person. Can't wait to talk to him more and to follow him closely at Zenit St. Petersburg. Hopefully we can stay in touch through the season and uh, he can be back on the podcast at the end maybe as a bit of a, a recap. I hope so. Key Michael? I love what he said about being in the Olympics and having... A chance we're in the tournament we've got a chance i think that's a good life lesson if you got your yeah. foot in the door you've always got a chance and they do if france can get a roll on again i certainly uh, i certainly wouldn't want my team playing against them the talent in that team is remarkable um okay let's oh yeah my final thoughts another player who i've had the the privilege to meet and speak to 
who has not just lived up to the high expectations I had of them, but exceeded them too. Really, really, really good guy. And just like you, Matt, looking forward to to following his career very, very closely. I was just thinking, Dave, when you next commentate, just think how many stories and little bits you're going to be able to throw in from these unscripteds. It's going to it's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's a great ace. I remember I was talking to this guy and he's got... Yeah, a... <laughs> yeah. My For... friend Antoine, when we were chatting. Yeah. The, the most difficult thing about commentating on a new sport for the first time is not having the bank of knowledge that you build up by doing it mm. you know the more the more you do the better you become so hopefully we'll continue to build i'll continue to get to know more players more coaches more stories more games and that'll reflect in the in the commentary and everyone wins everyone wins that's what we're after with the a space everyone wins yes <laughs> um especially if it's us Right then, come on. <laughs> let's uh, let's say goodbye to these brilliant people. Thank you so much uh, for listening. This has been the Ace Space Unscripted Special. Two podcasts a week, and we've always got brilliant guests or brilliant episodes of Unscripted, if I do say so, my, uh, say so myself, to go through. Let's do the, the paperwork. Let's push the paper clips around the place. Uh, Monday and Friday. Oh, well, oh you've cut my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was ready. Matt I watches. was practicing Monday and Friday. Matt Rogers, when do they come out? Mondays and Fridays. Key Michael, what's the hashtag? Oh, let volleyball talk. And you guys better be hashtagging everyone yes. out there listening. You better be sending us some messages. If they've got something they want to send us, they can always drop us an email at the space at cev.eu. Oh, we have our own email address. We do now, yeah. They can send Look us in us. questions, Technology. photos, anything they like. And we maybe get it onto the main podcast or we'll just chat about it here. I'd yeah, are you going to do some fan specials? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan, nice. Stan. Hear that, people? Get famous through that's, the CEV. Uh, that's another idea i Send I've us your shoe size. <laughs> <laughs> or send us some shoes. I'd love some new shoes. Anyway. Ooh, yeah, maybe we um, can get sponsored. And A-Space could all be wearing matching uniforms. Well, I, did, I didn't, I didn't realise until imagine? I watched The Last Dance that effectively Michael Jordan helped Nike become what it is. Yeah. Right. We are going to press stop now and we're going to talk about that because otherwise that is a whole new episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, we say it all the time, but please like, please subscribe, please share, please write us a review because it really, really helps. We absolutely love doing these. Hopefully you love listening to them. And uh, yeah, I suppose we'll speak to you again this time next week. Bye, Key. Bye. Bye, Matt. Bye, dear Rog. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Speak to you next time. Ta-da. Bye. Thank you.